Welcome to another episode of Confiding Confidently, a place where comforting and convicting truths on faith, marriage, and motherhood are discussed. I'm your host, Stephanie Holbrook. Let's jump in. Hey, ladies. Um, Today's message, I feel like I need to just go ahead and put a warning sticker label on it. Um, I have recently went to a, a peaceful protest for a pro-life organization, and um, for those who have not heard uh, the last podcast of Who's Your Host, um, I was actually a teen mom myself, and y'all, when I got out there, mm -mm. like these people, they had the right heart, I don't doubt that, but it was just really disheartening to see the few in number. And so, today, I just want to talk a little bit about, put your money where your mouth is, girl. Like, this is going to come over convicting, and I'm not, or not convicting, but condemning, and I'm not, I'm not condemning anyone. That's not what I'm trying to do here. Y'all know me better than that. But what I am trying to do is is kind of light a fire in you. I, I mean, I want to I want to stir you. I want to poke you. I want to prod you. And you may say, why are you doing that? That makes me uncomfortable. Because uncomfortable people move. Okay? Uncomfortable people move. Either you move towards righteousness or in doing something, or you move out of the way and take yourself out of the way for somebody else to come in and do it. Okay? So... We're going to talk a little bit about Dead Sea Christians. And you may think you're like, what does that even mean? What is a dead, what is dead sea Christian? Um, right now, mm, okay, so th- what I've got, I have got a righteous anger, okay? I have got a righteous anger. I'm not just just mad at the whole world and I'm having a rough day, a rough time. So I'm going to just take it out on everybody and, and my listeners. No, y'all know that I love y'all, okay? Y'all are my people, but I do want to stir you into a holier way of living. And, I, and I'm not saying I want you to be godlier, okay? No, I'm not, I'm not wanting to push you to seek godliness. No, I'm wanting to push you to seek God, okay? Seeking God. And I'm not just saying it to you because I'm preaching this to myself too, okay? Because there's some days when I wake up and I just don't. I just don't want to do the thing. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Where I, where the thing is, okay, I've got to put on, you know, the cloak of Christ. And I've got to be kind to a person who is not very kind to me. Loving the unlovable. You know, it's not something that I just wake up and I'm like, oh, yes, that's what I want to do today. No, I, it is dying to flesh daily. So I'm, I'm talking to you ladies just as much as I'm talking to myself, okay? But let's talk about the Dead Sea Christian. If you don't know what the Dead Sea is, it is actually a sea over in, I'm not a geography major or whatever, um, but it is way over across the waters, (laughs) but it's a sea where there are things that pour into it, but it doesn't go out anywhere. Okay, there's no, it's not like a river where water's coming in and it's, it's constantly pushing. No, things go in 
and that's it. Nothing comes out. And I feel like that's what we've got now in America. We've got the Dead Sea Christians. We've got the people who, the Christians who, their preachers are preaching these self-help messages. or and, and there's some even, you know, great preachers that are actually preaching volitional messages to them that they can people can apply to their lives going through the bible doing it chapter by chapter verse by verse dissecting it and extracting all the nourishments there are some preachers that are out there doing that but for the majority of the part the preachers we've got up there nowadays are preaching messages that their congregation wants to hear okay they're not stepping on toes they're they're they're, they're avoiding the 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 hard messages and just giving the people what they want to hear, a tickle to the ear. And there's a scripture on that, but I don't know where it is because I don't I don't have them memorized. I just know it's in there. So you can Google that. I'm sure Google knows where it's at. <laughs> but in first Corinthians or in I'm not I'm sorry, not first Corinthians, second Corinthians five seventeen, it says that we are made new in Christ. Okay. Once you become a Christian, you are made new. All right. So you're no longer the person who you were. The mind, your mind and your heart and your will is made different. Now, mind you, it's not going to be like a flip of the switch and overnight change. There is a process of sanctification. But I promise you, if you are truly saved, there is going to be a difference. And, it, and you know, the beautiful thing is, is that other people... God will use other people to to reassure you in that because they will tell you there's something different about you. And there is nothing wrong with that because when that happens, rest assured, that means you're truly you're truly saved. You have that salvation if you are changed. Now, if you're not changed, if you're still doing the same exact things, your mind has not changed about certain very obvious biblical facts, then, uh, you know, I, you know, you need to do some self-evaluation. And, you know, Socrates said the unexamined life is worthless or, or, or something along that line. The unexamined life is not a life worth living. Something along those lines. And that is so true. If we are not self-examining, then what are we doing? We are living the same day. However many days we have on this, or say you got, I don't know, let's say 10,000 days. You're living the same day 10,000 times. If you're not changing, if you're not growing, if you're not maturing in any type of way. Okay? We're just going to run through the motions. Right? Your mind and your heart and your will will change once you accept Christ in. Okay? Because he's not going to leave it all broken down, you know, nasty, full of sin place. He's going to clean it up, okay, because he's living there now. It is his place. He is going to make it beautiful and a reflection of him, all right? You then, you're going to start applying Bible to area. You're not going to just apply it to the areas in which you're excelling, okay? Because how many times do we like to do that? Or you say, oh, well, I'm going to do a self-examination. I'm going to self-examine myself. And then you take the places in the Bible and you're like, I'm meeting that. I'm meeting that. I'm meeting that. I'm excelling in that. I'm doing good in that. I could do a little bit better, but for the most part, I'm all right with that. You know, I haven't murdered anybody lately. I haven't stole anything from Walmart. I, I'm not running around on my husband. But the places that were failing, 
Okay, well, I spend too much money. I, I, I'm, I'm not being very wise in my purchases. And I'm not using that which God has given me in a way that is glorifying to Him. Okay? Oh, well, we're not going to talk about that. Let's just talk about where we're excelling. Let's not look at the, the ugly parts of us. Okay? And that's not, that is not biblical, y'all. You have got to do a self-examination. Quit looking and comparing yourself to your neighbor down the road. Oh, well, I'm not as bad as her. You know, she has her. She has that man that comes over. You know, her husband's working swing shift tonight. You know, I don't do that. I'm, I, I, I do right, you know. But what about that flirtatious text you sent? Or that wink? Or that little shake of the hips as you walk by the guy that you know is going to look? Don't don't compare yourself to another woman. You're supposed to be comparing yourself to Christ. Okay? That is your measuring stick. You say, where can I find it? In the Bible. Get in the Bible, ladies. If you want to see change, you've got to read about it. And not just read about it. You've got to apply it. Okay? Interpretation and application. you got to do both. Read the Bible and apply it to your life. And you say, well, you know, I can, I, I'm reading the Bible. But, you know, I still do, I still do this. That doesn't change, that doesn't affect my beliefs. You know, I know, I know adultery is wrong. But, you know, Snapchatting this guy, that's, it's okay. No, it is not. It is not okay because you know what? Your behavior is going to affect your beliefs. You say, no. Well, you know, you know, the saying is your, your beliefs affect your behavior. Yes, they do. But it is also vice versa. The, just look. You hang around certain types of people and things start becoming okay. It's permissible. Right? We justify it. Well, you know, it was just I haven't bought anything for myself, you know, in, in two weeks. But then this one thing that this one pair of shoes you go and buy is $178. Well, daggum, you could have bought that little $5 t-shirt that you wanted from Walmart the other day when you went in the grocery store. Don't justify it. Don't justify a bigger purchase because you didn't do a little purchase. Come on, ladies. Ooh. I know this I know this I'm coming across harsh. But I'm not trying to. I'm telling you, y'all are my sisters. And I love y'all, okay? But when I see my, if I see my sister playing in the road and there's an 18-wheeler coming and I'm, yeah, okay, you know, and my sister's name, and I'm sure she won't mind if I say it, but Chrissy, Chrissy, okay, Chrissy, you need, come on, get out of the road. There's a truck, come on, come on. No, if she's not listening, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run over there and I'm going to snatch her by her hair and pull her out of that road. And now she may get mad for the split second when she feels that pressure on her head where I'm pulling her, but I promise you once she's out of the road and she sees that 18-wheeler come flying by, She's not going to be mad anymore. She's going to turn around. She's going to hug my neck. And she's going to thank me. All right? And then we're probably going to go and get us a cup of coffee. <laughs> but that is what I'm trying to do with you ladies. I see y'all. I see you playing in the road. And there is sin coming. And it is about to take you out. Let me just grab you and pull you out. And then let me show you. Let me show you, Jesus, who can... 
protect you from the rest of it. Who can instruct you and lead you and guide you into paths that may not look very fun to walk down. But I promise you they are safer than that broad way that you were going. Where sin was just about to eat you for lunch. And then I see some women who, uh, I mean, we live in the South, y'all. And y'all know in the South, everybody is a Christian. But they're doing like in 1 Peter 2.16. They're using it, the, the, the cloak of Christianity, they're using it as a cloak of maliciousness. They're putting it, they're on their Sunday best. And then Sunday afternoon, after church lets out, they're going and they're doing whatever they want. They're gossiping. They're slandering. They're doing all the things. All the worldly things. They are no different. But they're using that, that, that cloak of Christianity, as a way to mask the brokenness that they really have inside. Okay? And I'm telling y'all this. And this, is, this, this message is probably not going to be very long. But I've got to ask you, what are you trusting in? Okay? What are you trusting in? Are you trusting in, uh, you know, walking down the aisle when you were 10 years old and getting dunked in the, ba- the baptismal? Is that what you're trusting in? Your salvation. I'm asking you right now. And I want you to honestly reflect. What are you trusting in? in you say well I, I did i said the sinner's prayer w- okay one the sinner's prayer is not biblical yeah i mean yes it, it it and i'm not saying if you've prayed that that you're not really saved but what i am saying is don't just trust on that because even satan can say a prayer you say well i know scripture even satan knew scripture you say well i've seen jesus satan saw him okay satan was there Think about this, ladies. Seriously, do some self-reflection here because this is serious. This is life and death that we're talking about. Where is your proof? You say, well, I am saved. I go to church. I've memorized. Where is your proof? Are you still gossiping? Are you still cutting people down? Now, I'm not saying that once you're a Christian, you never fall into sin. But God, dog, you feel something. You feel a conviction. You feel the Spirit tugging on you. You feel a call to repentance. And then you try very freaking hard to walk that line away from the sin. Where is your proof? In the Bible, it says that a good, fr- a good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces thistles and thorns. Are you a good tree? Like, do people want to walk up to you and, and talk with you? Are you feeding them anything that will, will give them life? What are you pouring? Who are you pouring into? Where are you at? Okay? And this is, and I'm not saying this to, to a person who doesn't identify as Christian. If you, if you're, if you have stumbled across this podcast and you, oh, well, I'm, I don't, I don't try to say I'm a Christian at all. Okay, then. Well, then that, you know, I, I, I fully invite you into a relationship with Christ. I fully do because he wants you. He wants everybody. There is not a person that he has created that he does not want. But what I am saying is for the sisters out there who are claiming Christianity, and not doing anything with it. 
You are claiming God. You are claiming Christ. But you're not taking what he has poured into you and pouring it into anybody else. And if you say, well, I don't have anything to pour into, then have you really received anything from him? Honestly, ask yourself that. Because if you're not, if you don't have a heart for the least of these, and I'm not talking about, okay, well, let me go. I'm going to, you know, and, and I'm not saying this lightly and, and in jest because children's ministry is absolutely important. Absolutely. We want to, the, they are the next generation. They are the ones that are going to bring even more people to Christ once we're dead and gone. But what I'm saying is, is you're going, oh, okay, well, I, I, I let me go over here. I, I'll serve, I'll serve the children's ministry. That's what I'm going to do. Because that's where you're comfortable. Where in the Bible did it say that we're going to be comfortable? We're not going to be comfortable. Do the uncomfortable things because Christ did the uncomfortable thing for you. When he was on that cross, do you think that was comfortable for him? It absolutely was not. It was not. Okay? The church in the past, y'all, this is, it's just driving me nuts, y'all. It is driving me nuts because the church in the past, the church was where the widowed, the fatherless, the orphans, that is where the poor, the hungry, that is where people went to. They, those people went to the church and the church fed them and nurtured them and housed them and helped them. Where do we, now, us as, as American, what, where, the American church, where do we tell people when they come to us with outstretched hands? Um, the welfare office is on uh, 2222 Broad Street, downtown. That's what we do, which that is just, a, I'm just throwing an address out there. But that's what we do. We point them to the government. We say, okay, well, look, um, I, I can't really help you. Um, I can give you some, let, let me give you, let me give you this track. Let me give you a, 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 let me pray for you. And those things are wonderful. I'm not belittling that, but that is not where it stops. Okay. When Jesus came to earth, y'all, he did not just go out and tell them the scriptures. Okay. He did not go out and just say, let me pray for you. No, he got his hands and feet dirty. Okay. He got down there and he touched the leprous people. How many people, let me ask you this right now. The, the homeless people that are living in your town, in, in your street right now, how willing are you to walk up to them and shake their hand? Or better yet, give them a hug and tell them, I love you like Christ. You don't know about Christ? Well, let me tell you how he loves you. Okay, and then take, and then, not stopping there, feed them. Okay? How many of us are actually willing to be as Christ? Well, I, I, I can't really go to that, that, um, that prayer rally. I can't really go to that, you know, um, that fundraiser. I can't really do this and that because, you know, I've got, I've got a nail appointment. I've got a hair appointment. I've got a birthday party I need to go to. Like we are, I mean, y'all. Don't you think Satan will give you the excuses you need to justify the means as to why you're not going somewhere? Don't you think he'll do that? He's been doing it for years, y'all. This isn't no this is not a new trick. It drives me nuts, y'all, because I feel like we're sleeping. I'm looking there are so I am so overwhelmed with how many people need help. 
but I am only one person. And I see all these brothers and sisters in Christ, and I don't doubt that they're saved, but they just don't see it. They do not see the meek and the hurting. They don't see it. Can you help somebody that has nothing to offer you? Can you pour into somebody who cannot pour back into you, but with hopes that one day they will take what you poured into them and pour it into somebody else? Because that is Christ. That is what Christ did. He was God himself, God in the flesh. He came to earth knowing that none of us, not one of us could give him anything, anything in return. Not one thing. And he said, I'll die for you. You can't give me anything. You don't even love me. But I love you enough to die for you. The church used to be that place for people, y'all. We used to be the ones that the hurting would come to. And now we put a sign on the door. Or we lock our doors during service and say, don't come in. If you need help, call this number. Go to this place. We point our finger down the road. And nine times out of ten, we're pointing them to the very same government that wants nothing but to strip their rights of ever coming to a church and also to strip their wombs of their babies. That's the same government, y'all, that we're sending them to. I said all the us is coming from a um, peaceful protest that I saw. Do y'all ladies know the power that you have? Do you know what God has put in you? That power? We don't, it's untapped potential. We don't tap into it. We, we, we make excuses for ourselves. Well, I'm so busy with this and I'm so busy with that. I've got this. Don't you know if Satan can't make you bad, he will make you busy? Too busy to see the hurting. Too busy to see the need. And I am just as guilty, y'all. I am just as guilty. For 10 years, I have turned into myself. I focused only on my immediate family. Only on my children. That's what I did. And y'all, God has given the children that we have He's, he has given us that responsibility for a reason. He has entrusted us with them. How much more so do my children need to see me pouring into other ladies? See me pouring into to the people that nobody else sees. The people that no one sees. Okay? You say, well, what do you mean the people that nobody sees? I'm talking about the hurting people, y'all. We don't want to see the hurting people because, oh my goodness, that might stir conviction in us. We might actually feel like wanting to help them. But that would take away from our funds for our Disney trip. Y'all, what are we doing? Everything that God has given us is not anything that we have earned. There is nothing that you have earned, the fact that there is breath in your lungs right now, the fact that you have hearing to hear this message, that is nothing that you earned in and of yourself. That is just given to you by the grace of God. 
Now take that and pour it into, use it for somebody else. For 10 years, I turned into myself. I didn't share any of the knowledge that I've gotten from reading the Bible. I didn't encourage any women. I didn't stir anybody to holier living. I didn't do any of those things. And it wasn't until God opened my eyes and said, You have gotten all of this knowledge. You have grown so close to me, yet you are still so lonely. Because God did not create all of these people in this earth and on this world just for us to stay right where we're at. Okay? He didn't allow the internet to become a thing for us to stay right where we're at. You have been placed where you are right now for such a time as this. You weren't born back in the 1950s or, or, the ni- or the 1920s or the 1900s when there wasn't this, I mean, the ability to tap into other people instantly. The instantaneous ability to just reach out and touch your neighbor. That wasn't possible back then, y'all. God didn't put you back then. He puts you right now. And there are people, there are real life people out there hurting. And they are, they don't understand, they don't know. Y'all, in America, there are people hurting. Overseas ministry is, is absolutely amazing. Like, I, I, I don't condemn anybody for spreading the gospel anywhere. But right now, I want you to ask yourself right now, who can you pour into today? What have you got? Because God has given you something. You ain't just, you ain't lived 20 something years, 30 something years, 40, however old you are. You have not lived this long with nothing, with no kind of talent, with no kind of gift, with no kind of resource, with nothing. There is no way you have survived this long without it. There is something that you can be doing, there is someone that you can be reaching. Who are your people? Who are the people that, and I'm going to tell you, like, I've, I've felt conviction just this past week over this, y'all. There, were, there is a group of, of young girls I did not. I, I prayed God, God, give me anybody else, anybody else to share your message with. Except, except for the junior and senior girls. Do not give me. The junior and senior teenage girls. Do not give me them, Lord. And God said, those are the exact ones you need to go to. And of course, I come back. Well, God, no. I was, I was, I was the party girl. I was the pregnant teenager. I was the dropout. God, do not use me. I am not the one to come to these girls. And God said, Stephanie, that is the exact reason why I need you to go to them. The very thing that I was using to write myself off, that is the very thing that God wants to take to use to pour into these girls, y'all. So I want you to ask yourself, who who is the who is the person, who are the people that you it just aggravates you to even think about them. You don't even want to fool with them. 
Because nine times out of ten, those are the people that God wants you to go to. Why? Because then it you rely on Him. You draw closer to Him. Okay? Because then it's not about you. It's not about what you can do, what you can provide. It, it All the glory gets stripped from you and gets straight laid onto Him. Because it's in those moments when you realize, crap, there's nothing I can do to fix this, to make this right. I don't know what to say. And God says, this is where I take the stage, sweetie. Sit back and watch what your father can do. God is wanting to use you. You sweeping the floor, you folding the laundry, you driving the kids to school. God is looking at you. There's a spotlight on you right now. Are you going to sing? Are you going to sing his glories and his praises? Are you going to tell the people in the audience that are looking to you right now, are you going to point your hand up and point your finger to the sky and say it's all for him? It's all about him. Everything that you've been searching for, you can find it in him. What are you doing? What are you doing? Are you just going to continue to live the same day 10,000 times? Or are you going to change? Are you going to, to change and let God make new your mind, your heart, and your will? Because I promise if you do, you're not going to see that drunk staggering down the, the street like some worthless person, okay? You're going to see them as a son of God that has lost his way. You're going to have compassion for the compassionless, okay? For the very people who show no remorse, no compassion to the least, you're going to have compassion for that person. Used to, y'all, I can't tell y'all, because of my heart, my, my rough bringing and my, my, my past, the way I, was, I grew up, I resented people who I felt like was born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Okay? I, I mean, I, I had nothing for them. I, I wanted nothing. I didn't even want to share God with them. And it wasn't until God opened my eyes to see even that man needs to hear about him as well. Even that woman dressed in the Prada to the tens, to the nines, whatever the saying is, she needs Christ just as much as I do. Maybe just because the outside Y'all, we do this so often. We look and we say, well, the outside looks good. They're good. They're good. They're going to church. You know, they're good moral people. They don't need God. They're good. No, they need him too, okay? Just because they're going to church, just because they're they're moral, good moral people, does not mean that they are saved, y'all. Closer inspection will show. It will show. What are we doing, y'all? We're sleeping. There are people dying all around us every day. And we're just sleeping, sleepwalking through this life. The very reason that you are here on this earth right now is to glorify God. The very reason. 
Colossians 3.23. Everything you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. Whether you eat, drink, everything. Do it for the glory of the Lord. Because that's what you're here for. I'm sorry this was such a, a convicting message. No, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. If I made you uncomfortable, I'm not sorry. Uncomfortable people move. Now move towards Christ. Move towards your place in this battle. Because that is what's going on right now, ladies. We are in a war. And each one of us has a place. Each one of us. Some are the nurses. Some are the very ones fighting on the front line. Some are the leaders who are telling them how to assemble. Each one of us has a purpose. Each one of us has been placed here for a reason in this time. Figure it out, girls. Find your purpose. Until next time, ladies. All right, ladies. See y'all back next week for more comforting and convicting truths. If you haven't, go over to Facebook and give Confiding Confidently a like and a follow for never-before-seen memes and articles. If anything inspires or encourages, comforts or convicts you, share it. Love y'all. Until next time.